I don't, I don't like this feeling. I don't like feeling out of control. I don't like feeling like my body is weak and that it's failing. So what is that telling me and where am I now and what identity do I hold now? And, um, that's, that's a challenging, but really beautiful process that we have the opportunity to constantly be moving through. Hello, Thrivers. Welcome back to Thrive with Sharon podcast. This is season three and we are rolling and rocking and I am so excited. We've had some great guests so far. The engagement has been incredible and I love hearing from you. I want to ask you once again, if you are just coming to see and hear this for the very first time and you love what you see and hear, please make sure that you like and subscribe, send us any comments and rate and review. Uh, because those also help us to continue to get in front of more people. And we have such great organic conversations. I am Sharon Land. I am a holistic psychotherapist. I'm also a metaphysician. And I work with people, incredible individuals globally to help them to heal, mostly from things that they didn't even know that they could articulate what it was. So I am bringing to you people who are doing incredible things in this world and serving in incredible ways to help us all to be the best and healthiest selves that we can be. And today is no exception. I have Holly, actually Holly Marie, but I, I noticed that there's a different last name, right? So I'm, I'm going by Holly Marie. Um, <laughs> you can and, call me whatever you like. That's fine. <laughs> beautiful human being. Um, and Holly is, um, the world's only specialist in human design manifestors, which ooh, ooh, I'm so excited about talking about. Um, she facilitates the official online teaching community exclusive, exclusively for manifestors. And she is a certified human design and gene keys teacher and a business veteran with 15 plus years experience in multi-million and six-figure businesses under her belt. She is also certified clinical hypnotherapist, breathwork practitioner, EFT and meditation practitioner, a Reiki two healer and a certified trauma-informed life and success coach. I think you're like my spiritual sister and my soulmate <laughs> at this point, uh, but just reading Let's do it. Things, Let's do it. Right? But uh, I just welcome you so much, Holly. Thank you for coming. Thank today. you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. It's always so um, beautifully confronting hearing your own bio read back to you, isn't it? Like, I'm, I'm a pretty great individual. Look oh. at that. <laughs> That's right. Rock on with it, right? But it's, it, you know, it's really interesting. I'm curious how you landed with all of the different experiences and certifications and offerings that you have to the world. You know, I... I think like everybody, my journey has been complex and winding mm -hmm. and long. I think that this whole um, kind of narrative that we want to have about this super tight nutshell of like, oh, I, you know, I went on a retreat and I had this idea for this business and I came back and I put it into place and it, it became what it is. It's just really not the reality for most of us. Mm -hmm. Um my my background pretty far back was actually in nursing. I was a nurse, came through the medical field, have always been fascinated by the concept of um, healing people in a lot of different ways. And, uh, you know, I think back then nursing was the thing that was accessible for me and it was available and, and for a time that nourished my desire. Um mm. I came from a very long chronic health history myself, thankfully not anymore. And I, I also came from a very traumatic childhood and adolescence. And um, I, I wanted to be in a field that had meaning. I wanted mm -hmm. to do work that had some level of purpose, which of course I pretty quickly discovered a few years into nursing was not <laughs> what the Western medical system is about. Um, and you're super limited and super yeah. hemmed in. Um, and so I, I kind of jumped ship from that over very, very unexpectedly and very unintentionally into, into business. I got mm. uh, a friend of a friend, you know, I'd quit my nursing job and a friend of a friend said, Hey, 
my brother has this business and he needs help coming to run it. And I, I think that you could probably do that. And I thought, oh, why not? Why? <laughs> I've never done business before. Um, and that started me down a whole business trajectory. I mm. um, moved into hospitality eventually, you know, owned my own hospitality and events business and mm. did a lot of business consulting for many years. And I found the journey of business was so fascinating to my mind, right? The structure Mm. of it, the strategy of it, the drive of business was just so enrapturing for my brain to Mm -hmm. dig into. But of course, like most people find, ultimately, after several years of doing that, and especially in a field like hospitality, after so many years in there, there was this huge chunk of my body that was not in line. Oh, yeah. You know, that it just, when your brain is connected to something that's wonderful mentally and intellectually, you're Mm. really satisfied, but Mm. your body will be telling you every single way that it is not being looked after and Mm. not being Mm. served and not aligned. So, um, you know, I sold, I had a cafe at that time. I sold that business, really Mm. went through a huge metamorphosis in the years after that of doing Mm. a lot of somatic work a lot of trauma work um a lot of physical healing you know emotionally confronting stuff I mean if you're going to put a label on it it's probably a spiritual awakening but um (laughs) yeah Yeah. the the messiness of all of it right when you you've kind of hit hit the end of the line and you think this is I either have to just deal with this right exactly you can't not see what you've seen and felt right it's like (laughs) there's there's no backwards right like once the eggs are scrambled you've just you've got to be in there you've got to keep doing it yeah um and and really that's what led into the work that I I do now I I wanted to remain in business I chose to move into the digital space um because that was the space I needed for myself to to experiment and to go at a different pace and to have a different expectation of myself. Um, And over time that has evolved. I've followed what feels correct and um, what seems to resonate with people. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's been a really, really beautiful, remarkable, sometimes very challenging evolution. And I'm also extraordinarily happy and satisfied to be here doing the work that I do. Oh, that's the best thing, right? That's the gift. And I, I know for me personally, I, I, at the end of the day, one of my practices is I review, you know, what did I do today? Well, right. How did I exist in this world and on this planet? And um, what kind of legacy am I leaving behind with the energy that I'm bringing? And um, I, I always marvel at the fact that like, I, get to do this every day mm, right does this right? get to be my job cool wow right yeah. and the the way that I'm going to go into a rabbit hole like the way that sometimes we're so taught about validation and that you're doing the right things is when everyone publicly sees it and gives you the accolades and you get the rubber stamp and it's like yeah Holly just did that today. And so that means that she's on pace for this. And that means that she's, you know, the authority on these things. And now she's got the certain number. And, and really to me, the magic of this spiraling path that we decide to go down, right. And that you're, you're describing for yourself is that I'm sure like me, you hit points on the journey where you just felt these hits in your body that were just like, there's nothing tangible that's telling me any of this other than the knowing that I am exactly where I am meant to be right now. And to have that feeling of like presence and purpose and wholeness, wholeness and home as you're choosing to honor just what's inside of you it's magical. Mm, absolutely. Right. Success is not success without that. I mean, that's the reality that we've really been, yes. been fed a story about success that is an illusion. It's not a reality. And oh. um, 
certainly for me, there was there was a kind of marked clarity on that in my last business when you know we we were a very big business i supported 50 staff we were pulling in two and a half million dollars a year i was also working 90 hours a week and constantly right. pushing myself but the um external validation for that was constant and reliable it was yes. this glorification yeah. of look what you've done look how successful you are look you're amazing and people you know my friends and my family wanted to spruik that they wanted to own that they wanted to be near me and what I felt was I hate every minute of this this is destroying me right this is broken it was such it was such a kind of like behind the veil experience right I was like what what but what? I, right. But I did it. I did all the right things and I followed all the pathways and I got the money and I got the success and I, I hit all those metrics. Why doesn't it feel? Yeah. It, it doesn't feel good. It feels right. awful. This actually feels like it's destroying me piece mm-hmm. by piece to show up for this. Um, and in moving from that into then a very different pathway of saying, mm-hmm. of course, of course, money in business matters. Of of course, you know, success in business matters because yes. you go into business partly for those reasons. However, the most important priority, the number one thing that will tell me if I am being successful is if I feel aligned, if I feel like this is correct for me and this feels successful for me. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful place to be in as an individual. I've also found that that's very triggering for other people because it really threatens a social narrative that we're we're taking some time to undo that narrative yes so I want to go into that if that's okay with you because (laughs) good I I just I um I see this happen all the time um and I think it's that whole putting people on a pedestal thing that we continue to do, which is really perpetuating a lot of just patterns that we don't even realize are 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 programmed into us and into mm-hmm. our subconscious. And you know, we can go into like ancestral trauma and epigenetics and systems and all of that stuff. And it doesn't matter. It, we're we're literally on two opposite ends of the earth right now, you and I, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter proximity as far as that's concerned. What matters is that alignment, right? And and finding your way to that alignment can be really challenging because, like you said, society is is really programmed. And we're, you know, a lot of these social media outlets, I, I, which I love, by the way, because I think it's great. It's connected me to incredible human beings all across the world that are doing. Oh yeah, it's access. amazing things, yeah. right? It just yeah. But I think it's also the structure of the social media is designed to um, the metric system, right? And the number system and the numbers game. And and um, it, it feeds into that same kind of patterning that isn't in many ways, it's a lie. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But when you're surrounded by that, and, and having that constantly reinforced, it can be very challenging. Even if you're aware that it's not a truth, it can be very, very difficult to remove yourself from that. And I mm-hmm. I really think that's where the body work comes in, in, in a very kind of practical daily sense, yeah. other than, the, you know, the big shifting and the healing. I think in this daily experience of being human, the body is is where it's at. Because the yeah. body is the wisdom keeper that will say, hmm, right. no, you, I, my brain is receiving this as truth, but this is not actually truth. This is really not working for me. And I, I, I think that our evolution as humans, as individuals, but also as a collective is to be learning to master that, learning to master that conversation with self, right? We always have all of these multiple parts of us and there's a joy in that journey in, in constantly learning to bring those together. Yeah. It's, it's the greatest love story of all. Mm, 
for right? sure. Yeah, of yeah. Falling in love with our existence and in, in our becoming more of ourselves. Right. And, and I think that, um, you know, many times we chase the love story outside of ourselves and we try and force ourselves into a box to try and make ourselves, um, mag, you know, attracted or attached to something that we have an idea of, you know, that maybe it will give us what we want, but really the it's, it's all here. Right. And yeah. it's, it's the body, it's the mind, it's the spirit, it's the energy. And, um, and all of those things are part of our experience here. Um, and I believe that, um, especially coming from the trauma lens, um, tell me if you agree with this, that, or not, um, <laughs> that <laughs> it's fine either way. Um, <laughs> So I, I think that part of what we learn, especially if we experience early childhood trauma, I also had um, a, a very similar story to you or journey to you in that, you know, I experienced a lot of early childhood stuff where it was very challenging and traumatizing and it just continued and became more compounded and complex. And so like literal complex PTSD. Um, and so those things did manifest themselves very early on in, you know, it, they, they somatized themselves, right? So autoimmune diseases are, um, you know, a real big one and they like friends and sisters, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, you don't just usually have one, you have like a cluster. Oh, it's a family. Oh, right? yeah. it's a whole fam, a whole fam <laughs> yeah. there. And they're just, they're all knocking on the door saying, Hey, what about me? I'm hungry. Feed me. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's such a good analogy. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, I guess all of that to say that, um, especially those of us who have experienced that learned early on that it didn't always feel safe to be in our bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe because it was hard to be present in some of the chaos that we were living in our lives in the external mm -hmm. world. Uh, it also probably felt very unsafe to be in our physical bodies um, because of the pain that we were experiencing as a result of unhealed trauma and so on and so on and so on. So to come back to our bodies is um, it's one of the most divine things that we can do. Mm. Um, and it is, it is absolutely beautiful. Um, and it doesn't matter how you identify who you are. Um, it, it really is just that if you have a body, it's, it's time to come home to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's also a dedication too, right? It's also a, um, I, you know, I think that we are, are very caught in just a widespread ideology that we can receive something once or do something once, and then it's in place, right? Oh, I've Right. I've got that. I've got that in the bag. Right. Check the box, you know? move on. Right. Yeah. Finish. <laughs> like a resume, you know, and, and certainly like the personal development, spirituality space reinforces that. Yeah. It's, oh, you, oh, you had that one experience. Great. You, that's it. You're, you're finished. You've got that cleared. And yeah, what, what trauma and the processing of trauma shows us and, and even down to the physiological level of the way that your nervous system, like regulating your vagal tone when you have gone through trauma, let alone the emotional side of that, the belief systems that that puts into place, the way that energy then moves through your body in particular patterns and cycles, you know, psychological triggering then in your outside environment, all of these factors. I think that what trauma shows us is that this is an ongoing work. Yes. This is a, a dedication Mm -hmm. to self and um that's to me that's the journey of love that's the journey of yes. self-love to yes. not shame myself when those things occur mm. but to come into a place of grace and surrender mm. and openness and recognize I mean I, I think like um Eckhart Tolle put it so succinctly he doesn't normally speak succinctly but I think his his paraphrasing <laughs> of um it's not happening to me it's happening for me is such mm -hmm. a beautiful lens mm -hmm. to put on this process and um you know I mentioned that I came from a, a chronic illness background mine was autoimmune I had an autoimmune liver disease super rare uh mm. was meant to be fatal and was diagnosed at 14, not expected to get past 21. Of course, I lived past 21 and, and got to 30 years old and the disease actually burnt out concurrently at the time that I was doing body work. 
and self-work. Just fascinating little, you know, non-coincidence mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, that was it. Those were my formative years. That yes. was my whole teens and my whole 20s yep. Yep. was being a chronically ill mm. individual, being a patient, experiencing a mm. lot of um, lack of autonomy over mm-hmm. my body, medical trauma, invasive things, even with the best of intentions because people right. were trying to keep me alive. Right. Um, and I find that even now, you know, when my my body speaks and maybe I get sick or maybe I get an injury, mm. that's still a, a revisiting of yeah. that identity there's you know those those patterns are still there and there's a there's a moment of oh oh I don't I don't like that I don't I don't like this feeling I don't like feeling out of control I don't like feeling like my body is weak and that it's failing so what is that telling me and where am I now and what identity do I hold now and um Mm. that's Mm. that's a challenging but really beautiful process that we have the opportunity to constantly be moving through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love how just transparent you are about sharing that because I, I, in the work that I do, um, for myself as well as with others, it's so true, right? Because we're no matter what, life is continuing to move forward, no matter how we respond Mm -hmm. to it. Right. And so, um, the earth is shifting and changing. Everything is shifting and changing, and that's going to affect our physical body. So even if we make our resolute to never wanting anything to change, so I'm going to eat the same thing for breakfast every morning. I'm going to get up at the same time every day. I'm going to do the same exact work every single day, clock in at nine, leave at five, eat the same thing for dinner every night. Your body is going to feel different because everything around you is going to continue to change everything from the, um, the, the texture and the richness of minerals in the soil is changing. So that's going to affect the food that you eat every day. So even though you're getting it from Mm -hmm. the same place and you're eating the same thing, it's going to be different. Your body's going to react to it differently. We have the electromagnetic fields that we're dealing with. We have the shifting and changing of the earth and our bodies are responding to that, right? So Mm -hmm. even if we are resolute to say, I don't want, I'm not changing, I'm not changing a thing. We are going to feel those changes, right? And our body is going to want to move with that. And what I find interesting is that people who, those are people who don't want to change. And so, but they end up having to change at some point, the resistance to change at some (laughs) point hits the crossroads of it's going to happen no matter what. Right. And wherever it's, it's futile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then the other part is that the people who do say, okay, I want to change. I'm going to give you, you know, $5 and in, you know, when, when the quarters are done, then I want the change to have happened. Right. And it's like, well, doesn't always work that way either. Right. So, and, and there's that whole finish line mentality of, but I got to the finish line, kind of, like you said, you know, check the box, right. I did the abundance meditations every day that you sent me. I went to the retreat and where's my, where's my million dollars? Like, this is a whole, (laughs) that's right. I've been saying my mantras in the mirror every day. (laughs) Where is the outcome? Where's the pot of gold? Yeah. Yeah. And so we start feeling defeated because we're looking for, we're looking for something outside of ourselves to tell us that we're in the process of change and that change is actually happening. Mm -hmm. What? So I, I just love how you very succinctly say it. And I'm probably more like Eckhart Tolle, which I, I, I do, I, I have a voluminous with my words, <laughs> sharing things. I mean, I love Hang with me, Holly, <laughs> hang with me, hang with me. But, but I'm so- here, I'm listening. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. in the role. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
but no, I, I love that. And I think that it's, it's so great that we started out with really acknowledging our physical body and how mm -hmm. this is so important and the vagus nerve, our vagal tone, our nervous systems, the survival mode, you know, because we have to address things from a bioscientific aspect as much as we do from a spiritual and a, and an energy standpoint and emotional standpoint. Right. So it's all of the things. Um, so I, I love human design, but I know that there are probably a lot of people that don't know a lot about human design. Um, and I'm a generator. So sadly, um, I'm, I'm not the manifester that can benefit from some of this stuff, but I, I know that you are a human design practitioner across the board, but you just happen to, you know, socialize in manifestors, but, um, Let's, can you talk more about human design and, and how that really can apply to us just, just for ourselves first, and then we can maybe get into all of the different ways that we can use it in our lives. Sure. So, I, I mean, the textbook definition of human design is that it's the science of differentiation. So mm -hmm. this is a system of energetics, right? That speaks about, this is how you energetically are different from everybody else. Mm. And that in itself is usually profound for people coming into human design because a lot of the other languages and systems that we have for self-awareness are about this is how you are the same. This is how we group you. This is how we categorize you. And although the top layer of human design is a slightly broader generalization, right? You mentioned you're a generator. We have five different energy types. I'm a manifester. Um, but beyond that layer, everything becomes individualized. Mm -hmm. Everything. I mean, we never, in human design, you will never be exactly replicated in somebody else. And there's a real beauty to that. I mean, there's a real sort of, solid sense of oneness with your energy when you recognize oh, all these years I've thought that I was unique and in fact I am yes. I am unique right yeah. yeah so human design originally was was created the, the story is that it was channeled um by a man named Ra Uruhu back in the 80s mm -hmm. he was also a manifester so I mean manifestors classically we're we're a little bit outside the box right we kind of we we initiate things and we do things that are a little bit unusually and so it's no surprises that the person who channeled the human design system was in fact a manifestor and the story mm. is a little quirky and it's a little bit weird yeah. um but it's the system is not an original language in itself it's the fusion of a number of different systems brought yes. together yeah so yeah. We have a very science, heavy science base on one side where we're talking about biomechanics, epigenetics, um, and then even quantum physics, all that kind of like, I love that stuff coming from a science background. Yeah, yes, yeah, same. Then on, yeah, on the other side of human design, it's very spiritual. We've got astrology, chakras, I Ching, Kabbalah, um, and that all gets formed together into something called a body graph. So to get your human design, you can just Google human design. There are now plenty of free online generators, which is wonderful. Um, you put your birth data in and it will give you a very complicated looking body graph that you then get to start to slowly unpack. But really, I, I think that the beauty of human design and why it has started to become super relevant in the last three to four years, we've kind of had this boom in people knowing human design. I can now speak to a lot of people and they're like, like you, you're like, oh, I know human design. Yeah, I love, I love human design. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> like, that's great. Because I think for the, the first, you know, 40 years, or 30 years, like no, nobody really knew. It was a very small cohort of people who knew human design and, and yeah. were doing great work in that space. But mm -hmm. I think that we have evolved now to a point where we are all feeling really nourished by languages and systems that give us access to our own en energy and our own mm -hmm. individuality as mm -hmm. well. And human design really meets that need for a lot of people at this time. I love how you described it too, um, because 
in a world where we're being asked to niche down, fit into a mold, um, look like or act like or sound like or articulate the same way, um, human design really is the way to show your your own unique expression in this world and something that it validates your intuition in that knowing of self that all along you carried and to to see that and have someone explain that to you is it's it's like it's so beautiful and mm -hmm. so for me one of the things that um that I learned is that I have, so I'm a medical medium and, um, and I've also, you know, in deal in trauma and all of those things. Right. And so I have a closed spleen and, um, even though I'm a splenic authority, right. Which means that I get that gut, like, mm, yeah, do it. Right. Um, but I, so, so learning that helped me to understand how I didn't, you know, a lot of people who work in the healing space, especially, um, they, um, some people call it empathetic. I think it also has a lot to do with their open spleen that they take on a lot of the, that it's hard to not without being aware of yeah. that. Right. Yeah. It's they don't have a filter. Receive yep. that. So all of a sudden, if somebody starts talking about maybe like, um, I don't know, uh, fibromyalgic symptoms and so on and so forth. The next thing you know, somebody who has an open spleen is going to like, Oh man, I really feel mm -hmm. like and, mm -hmm. you know, like literally start to see the physical. And so for me, I thought, oh gosh, like, do I just not care about people <laughs> that I'm not having, you know, um, or the fact that I have like everything from here up is completely open, right? <laughs> like yeah. open, heart, open throat, open heart. Right. So, um, it, it makes sense then that I am constantly getting pings and downloads from a gazillion different resources and sources in any given second. Um, and so part of my working and moving through the world is just on a very multi-dimensional level on all of the levels, all of the time. Right. So I thought that, which has a lot of neurodiversity in there. Right. And so the way that we label it. And so I just thought again, like there was something wrong with me, right? That I had access to seeing and thinking and believing and, you know, all of that stuff. So um, that was part of my trauma actually, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. so fast forward to then healing those things and becoming right with that. And then, and then having somebody explain to you your human design chart and showing you that, gosh, all along you knew it, but now you actually have this like, other way from the universe, this download that was created by this, you know, man who was just so intelligent, right. And beyond oh, pretty unusual. Like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> where I, I, I couldn't find the right word. Um, <laughs> like I, my words are, I am at the end of the day. So it's like words, you only have a certain amount, like, <laughs> right. you know? So, yes. um, so to see that, like, gosh, all along, like I had all of these things and I worked so hard. I spent so much time and energy not being those things because I thought yeah. that they weren't who I was. Mm -hmm. And now I embrace those things and it's like 10 X is everything for me. Right. Yeah. So I just, I, I wanted to share that because that's, that's, that's the beauty of having a really good um, human design practitioner who can really unlock all of those things. And there's the gates and there's the, I mean, there's so many things so that you can go. Yeah. I, I, you know, after page, like whatever, you know, I was like, okay, that's enough information for me. Yeah, I, you got to pace it. Master yeah. This. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's but, all about the integration. Take your time. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I also find it fascinating because you do speak of your scientific mind and how that, that just really just um, fires you up a little bit, right? Um, that the gene keys are just as complex. Oh yeah. If not more. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the so the Gene Keys is, is considered really to be a subsystem of human design. It's uh, created by a man called Richard Rudd, who is still alive, Ra Uru, who has passed away, but Richard Rudd's still around and teaching Gene Keys. Um, but Richard trained with Ra and felt that there was an aspect of human design, which was the gates, that was not deep enough, you know, that had, had not been explored enough. And he created the gene keys system based off the gates. And the gates are a kind of elusive, spiritual, very um, feminine, almost like ambiguous part of human design. It's challenging for people to really get into the gates because they're the rest of human design is quite masculine. It's quite structural. And yes. the gates are very kind of feminine you right is that like, yeah. yeah you gotta ruminate on those things mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Richard Rudd took that and applied this very kind of heavy scientific lens to it mm -hmm. and looked at how the gates translated into gene keys so 64 gates translated into 64 gene keys how they show up in things like our DNA coding um our amino acids our our um, organ like our, our, all the different body systems. <laughs> I'm right, trying to yeah. put that plainly, right? Yeah. All yeah. the different systems within your body, all the different organs, the way that energy moves through your body, how that shows up um, physically, biomechanically, um, where we can start seeing disease processes emerging mm -hmm. in those ways. But also, remarkably, and this is what I love so much about Gene Keys wrapped it into this almost um, like psychotherapeutic lens where yeah. he breaks each one down into this is how this energy is ideally meant to show up, right? We have a gift expression. We also have a city expression, which is the, the most kind of embodied, but we've got a shadow expression mm -hmm. for, for each energy too. And we have a repressive behavior and we have a reactive behavior. So now we're starting to see this kind of almost like a CBT, like a cognitive behavioral therapy thing going on here. Like, yep. oh, I can see how when this energy is sitting in this way in my body, it makes me behave like this. It makes right. me react and respond to myself and to the world like this. Right. And it, I mean, to me, Gene Keys is very deep. I really think that you need to go through the human design system well First. before you dive too much into gene mm -hmm. keys mm -hmm. um, because it gives you an understanding of of those upper layers and of self but gene keys is revolutionary I mean this is revolutionary like this is this is a system and a language that is changing our physical bodies as well as our spiritual state at the same time um, and I think that we will see gene keys becoming much more well known and much more relevant probably in the next five I, to ten years oh I agree I agree um, yeah, because I, I think that we are all, first of all, I think we're all voracious, especially those of us who are on this quest to be as healthy and as well as possible and to yeah. serve in a whole different way than, um, we have known, uh, to mm -hmm. serve. Um, and so I think it's, it's, you're, you're so spot on, um, so let's talk about then, because really where your sweet spot in all of this is, is to help people in business and really yeah. business. So um, share about that and how that translates in. I, you know, to me, business is an energetic process. We've always looked at business as a structural process and there is so much fun in the structure. I mean, yeah. the structure of business is great. I could nerd out and talk about that all day, mm -hmm. but business is an energetic journey. It's an energetic process because your business, especially in this kind of entrepreneurial age, this digital yes. age of business where everything is accessible and there are no limitations to any person anywhere going into any type of business now, which is extraordinary. That's extraordinary. Mm -hmm. But it means that we're now entering a landscape of business that is not about oh, hey, I'm a butcher. And so I open my, my you know, butcher store and I get my butcher's license and I cut up meat and I sell it. Now we're moving into this landscape of business that is my business is a direct reflection of myself. Yes. Right? My energetic state is what is represented in my business. And 
So we are no longer able to just put a uniform on and show up and produce a product and make that available for people because society has moved on from that. We've all journeyed onwards from that. So I love, you know, currently the work that I do is, is using different languages, different systems that help support that that process Mm -hmm. right for a lot of people that's human design and that's that's great human design is an incredibly helpful tool for business because it says this is how you're energetically wired yeah and if you can understand how you are energetically wired and I think Sharon you put it so beautifully before in your own journey through human design that it's it's about discarding all of these behaviors and energies and ideas that you'd picked up that you thought you had to do you thought you needed to be that person and human design says hey that's not that's not part of your wiring that's Mm -hmm. not part of your blueprint forget Mm -hmm. about it if it's a shortcut if we if we can go from here where we are to oh I get to just put down all of the things that are not me and that are not correct for me and only do the things that are correct, that are going to be expansive, that are going to grow into outcomes, you move quick. You move really, really quick. You can really do that, you know, in the spiritual spaces, that quantum leaping, right? It's right. We're moving rapidly from one growth place to another and that will show up in your business. Of mm-hmm. course, that will show up in yes. your business. Yeah. Um. And that, because I don't believe that any one system is the be all and end all, I think that we're oh, really. I'm so with you, know, you on that. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, we're we're really complex beings, and we're constantly changing. And um, the ways that we can approach ourselves and approach each other should always be evolving. It should always be moving. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't limit myself purely to the lane of human design. I love human design. I teach a lot of it. I teach a lot of gene keys and that's kind of my current, you know, my current lens. But um, I I do a lot of other work. I'm always looking at what are these other tools that we have? Do do we need to look at the neural programming here, right? And hypnosis is really great for that. Do we need to be looking at the nervous system regulation, right? So there's, there's, the medical model is even brilliant for that. Um, You know, looking at how, energy is moving through your body do we need to be doing a somatic process here do you need to be right. having an interactive energetic experience where energy is being moved by another person right mm-hmm. it's just i think that we need to let ourselves be free to paint a really messy and beautiful picture yeah in business. Uh, i agree i i totally agree with that and that's um one of one of the things that I am very passionate about and in a world that asks us to niche down, I always say like, let's let's continue on our journey of discovering of all of the things that make up who we are, right? I call it like the kaleidoscope of who we are um, so we can show up and be that, right? Because that's that's what we're we're really born and designed to to be doing. Um, yeah. it it makes us, and it shows up somatically and otherwise it shows up in our lives in one of the five core parts of our lives that are important, right? So finance, business, relationships, physical health, emotional health, right? So, um, or more than one at once, sometimes or, in a hybrid. Yep. Correct. I've experienced more than one of those, <laughs> yes. right. In, in my own crisis. So, um, so yeah, so I, I think it's really important to acknowledge the fact that we, while it may help us with certain things to be clear about mm-hmm. one thing, but that doesn't mean that that's all of who we are and how we serve, right? I, I joke and probably a lot of the listeners who I work with that, you know, I leave or we end and they say, I still don't know what it is that you do, right? Like, <laughs> excellent. Right? That's the point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Right. And because everybody wants to be able to share or refer or, you know, say, oh, go to see Holly, go to see Sharon. You know, she can help you. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, what does she do? What is her title? Right. And, 
So it's the way that things are structured still, especially yeah. here on the East Coast, right, of the United States, mm. where things are very much like, right? Still very, yeah, yep. Very, 100%. so so we we lean into that too much. Yeah. And then that limits us on our ability to be able to connect. And so I guess all of that is so important to say, still remain curious, remain curious about yourself, remain curious about all of the different things within you that you can explore and understand, and also be curious about someone else, right? Mm. You, you don't have to have a specific transactional intention for saying, you know, I'm going to give it a try. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, I want to know a little bit more about what they know. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Curiosity is so valuable, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And I I think the truth is that we often overlook is that even Target and Starbucks, they're innovating and they're evolving (laughs) and they're responding, right? Things change. They don't stay static. And that's because they're curious Mm -hmm. as a business entity they're curious about what's happening. That's why the rise of social media has occurred. And we've got this whole kind of Silicon Valley thing going on. It's creating its own problems, but it started with people being curious about how can I look at this differently? How can I express this differently? And if we could adopt that same approach to ourselves as individuals, Mm. it would transform everything, transform everything in your life. Yeah. Yep. I agree. It's, it's really tapping into that higher self. It really is. Yeah. 100% it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. Holly, this has been such a wonderful conversation and I feel like it just, didn't we just press play? Like I feel like it was a couple of minutes ago. Surely. (laughs) I, I just, I, there's so many questions still that I have to ask you, but I, I really first want to say, I, I love how you're showing up in the world. I really Thank do. You. It's, Thank you. it's special. And, um, I think that, you know, it resonates with me, how you got to where you are. Um, I still, I think my mother still thinks that I'm in sales. Um, she says, <laughs> so like, you know, like, it's just all roads lead to this, right? So you yeah. do have to move through all of these different aspects to see, you know, to get those to those intersects of choice and and change and curiosity and self and healing mm-hmm. and growth and evolution. But I love what you've chosen. Thank I mean, you. I think it's it's such a wonderful way to serve. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, it's, I mean, very resonant with my design, right? <laughs> <That's> exactly <laughs> why it works for me. Um, but I, you know, I, I love, I love the field of work that you do. I love that you're passionate about that, that you are specialized in that. I, as an individualist, I have benefited so much from those lanes of work. So I'm, I'm always incredibly grateful for people who choose to dedicate their lives to to honoring that, to knowing that, to becoming specialists and leaders in that space. It's, Mm, you know, to me, that is, that is the work that changes the world. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I think we're all change makers in different ways, right? We're all links in the chain and we're all super important. Um, and, um, I, I think that the day that we said yes to ourselves, is the day mm. that we made the greatest change for others. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to thank you again for coming in and I do hope that you come back again. Oh uh, yeah. And yeah. Not me anytime. I'm yours. Yeah. <laughs> I already know um, some of the listeners and I know they're going to be like, oh, I love that episode. When I had someone come and talk about, um, um, planetary alignment, right? Neurology. Yes. Um, cool. it was one of the most popular episodes and, you know, I just, I, I love it myself and I study that I actually study the Kabbalah and, and, and so, um, planetary alignment and numerology as well. And I also wanted to say, um, Carl Jung, every, every yes. single client that he would see, prior to starting session would read their astrological chart and go deep into the psyche. Yes. Yeah. 
I did not need more of a reason to love Carl's work. <laughs> but I know. now I do. I know. Gosh, he was a revolutionary, wasn't he? Yeah. And when people look at me like I'm a freakazoid, right? So I'm amongst all of my, <laughs> you know, peers who are like, you know, Albert Ellis and CBT and, mm -hmm. you know, they have like their keys color coded because of the structure and things. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing today. Let's look at the yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, so look at Carl Jung. He's one of the pioneers mm. in our field, right? And the Godfather. Mm. Um, really. And so he knew to go back to the beginning of the beginning of the beginning of the beginning, mm. right? Mm. So the minute that we took right, and the minute that we took our first breath is the minute that we created our expression and we were here to express ourselves in this world. And so what better way to get to know the person who is in front of you, who is at conflict than to understand who they were when they were born. Right? Mm. So just Speaking my language. Yes. So beautiful. So beautiful. So I love that, you know, you are bringing some of that also to mm. the world and it's so important. So I definitely encourage people to look you up. We're going to put all of your, um, all of your ways to contact in the show in notes. The and yeah, which you've provided to me. Um, but if there's anything else that you want to make sure that we share with our audience before we end today. Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, come along for the ride. Really. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you have run your human design and you've discovered that you're a manifester, please, by all means, come over to the manifester community. That's what we're called on Instagram, the manifester community. Um, it's a really rich, healing vocal place mm. for manifestors which is exactly you know what it what it needs to be yeah. um I also have been adventuring into just conversations around business and and really putting my my kind of business hat back on and and mm -hmm. looking at that out outside human design um so I'm also at I am Holly Herbig if you're into the business stuff I love having that conversation at this current point in time so come along if you're interested and at the very least run your human design chart and and get a little insight if that has sparked curiosity for you then follow that because I guarantee you you will fall down a rabbit hole and you will likely never come out of it and it will be a wonderful experience <laughs> it'll be a good rabbit hole a great one yeah a really good one yeah yeah I I completely agree with that and I encourage people to go and join your Instagram group and um and definitely uh, just Google human design and there will be like three different free charts that you can, um, you do need to know your birth time. Very important that you know your specific birth time. Yes, mm -hmm. down to the minute, it does change things. Yeah. yeah, it absolutely does. So just have that at the ready before you go in to the rabbit hole <laughs> or else you're not going to go very far. <laughs> That's right, it'll get really confusing really fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again, Holly. You're just such a joy to have. I really appreciate you. you coming and sharing all of your expertise with us and I hope you come back again soon. And until the next time, I just want to remind everybody to, well, first of all, thank you for being here. I'm so grateful that you're here. And I want to remind you, if this episode resonates with you, please share it uh, and make sure if this is the first time that you're coming into this podcast, that you like, and subscribe and you rate and review and you leave us a comment. And um, I am, you know, very responsive. I'm sure Holly is as well. So if you send us a message through one of the many portals that you can get to us, um, oh, yeah, reach out, on, We're chatting. Right? reach yeah. out. And we'll be happy to uh, respond and answer your questions. All right. So until the next time, please be well, take care of yourselves and peace and love.